Readers, I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I am book smart, but not so much in the common sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good start. Uh, and this week, we're continuing our themes of Jim picking weird fetish films. This week, we're looking at what happens when you masturbate with pandas uh, from the 2019 release, Book Smart. But first, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? Today, I am having uh, from Shoveltown Brewery right here in Easton, Massachusetts... Uh, Captain's Chest, which is an imperial pumpkin ale that is barrel-aged in Caribbean rum barrels. Awesome. Um, Very good. Well, you just alluded to it. I feel like we should directly state the comm majors are all together, friends, in one location. You might notice we sound a little different. It's because we're all in the same room. Yeah. We're all in the same room. We are in comm majors Easton headquarters. One single microphone, like those old folk bands, you know, we're all yes. gathered around. Like Brian could have a banjo, and Ooh, I Katie wish I could have a tambourine, actually. and I could have a guitar. We're gathered on a couch. We're holding a baby. Mm-hmm. Our we're not baby, all holding the baby. Our There's just one baby. Our baby's much more well behaved than the uh, pop addled baby. Oh, it was yeah. a pop addled baby? Yeah, it was an oh. awful baby. What? The baby was really hungry. There was a lot of breastfeeding going on. What are you talking Pop about? There's there an episode of Pop Battle where there was a screaming baby that was being breastfed throughout the whole episode. Oh, well, that's something. So Katie is drinking. I have the uh, One Hope Pinot Noir. I brought that along for the ride, and it's delicious. To be clear, you weren't drinking it on the ride. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. No, just, just once we arrived at our destination. Uh, I am drinking A Year with Dr. Nandu, which is a really interesting looking can. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. It's from Aeronaut Brewing Company in Somerville, right up around here. Somerville has lots of great breweries, and it's actually a delicious IPA, which I would highly recommend. Uh, As we said, uh, this week we are looking at Booksmart, but first let's do a quick fact check from last week where we did, of course, the amazing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which received not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, but ten Oscar nominations. Wow. That's uh, a lot. Including That's two hands. Yes. Best picture, hmm. best director, uh, best actor, best supporting actor, best original screenplay, best cinematography, best costume, best production design. Best sound mixing and book sound editing. Well, those are different things. I didn't realize they were different things, but apparently they are different things. Um, so lots of it also won the Golden Globe for best music or comedy, and Brad Pitt won for best supporting actor. So much like we love the movie, lots of other people love the movie, and I think it should be the favorite for the Oscar nom. Uh, the other Best Picture nominations are Ford vs. Ferrari, a.k.a. old white guys riding around in old cars, yeah. um, The Irishman, which I will not watch, mm-hmm. uh, Jojo Rabbit, which looks interesting to me and I would consider watching, uh, The Joker, which I have not seen. Mm-hmm. Have, have you seen The Joker? Have not, no. Uh, Little Women, which Katie loves mm-hmm. and Amazing. I can't wait to see. Uh, Marriage Story, which Jim did not love. Uh, 1917, which looks really good. And Parasite, um, which was the first Korean language film to Mm. ever be nominated for Best Picture, which Mm. looks really good. So uh, hopefully, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will win many Oscars. 
but we will see. Uh, okay, since we are on the fly, I do not think we have a rundown. Do no, we, do we no, have a rundown? I was just going to break it to you guys that I didn't, certainly did not write that. <laughs> I've been holding a baby as much as possible for the past few hours. I wasn't really thinking about. Very distracted uh, by the baby. Yes. Yeah. So, um, who could give us a general, general feeling of what the movie is about? Super bad, but it's boys. I mean, but it's girls. Strike that, reverse it. <laughs> Strike right. that, reverse it. It's exactly like... <laughs> it's Can't Hardly Wait, but it's 2019. No, it's not Can't Hardly Wait either. It's closer to Superbad, I think. Um, it's about two, quote-unquote, book-smart girls mm-hmm. uh, the day before graduation. Yes. Who realize that all the other people in their high school who did not work as hard as them, as hard as them uh, are going to colleges just as important and uh, prestigious as they are feeling like they've worked too hard and not enjoyed themselves enough they decide to go out on a night for a night and kind of have a traditional high school experience that they have sort of lacked until this point well done well there done. you go. That was, that was but it's really more about the friendship between the two mm-hmm. which is sort of where it, it kind of draws its likeness to Superman mm. yes uh, so this is a pretty interesting movie. It came out in 2019 to little financial reception, yeah. I would oh, really? say. Uh, it was not a big box office. It, not that they, I think, had an expectation for a lot, but it is a film that has kind of steadily risen in notoriety over the past, well, less than 12 months, really. Yeah. It came out, like, last spring. Um it is the first film directed by Olivia Wilde, who many people know from being in various films. Uh, started House. on the House, she was in the OC, and then has gone on to, you know, do some other things that people would know. I mean, she's a very visible actress. You know, she's somebody you would know from seeing. And she she took this on, and it's one of those movies that most people who you talk to again, it's not something I think a lot of people have seen. But for people who have seen it, are big fans of it. So why though, Jim? This was Jim's pick. So Jim, what made you want to pick Booksmart? Um, to be honest, it, it was a comedy that I thought uh, I wanted to see from the past year. And considering the two of you picked pretty drama-filled, heavier movies for this month, I thought it'd be good to have a comedy. And this was one I wanted to see. Um, ever since I saw the the trailer, and obviously it looked like a super bad f- for females, um, but it also um, I heard one of the main actresses on the Dax Shepard podcast, and it just sound sounded fascinating. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I I think the main reason it's enjoyable is because it's very it's just a fun funny movie like. Mm-hmm. You know, it being for females aside, I don't think it needs to stand. It's not just that that makes this movie interesting. It's it's a funny, well done movie. The characters are great. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, it's not for females. It just right, has right. two female characters. Right. What I mean yes. is that that it's not like, yeah, it's not interesting just because just because it's two main mm-hmm. female characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think. In a way, um, Jim and I were on Pop Addle, uh, which was a very good episode, uh, and we were discussing the the state of comedies in the last decade, 
and kind of where it was going and I was bringing up and I think we all kind of agreed that it was not particularly a decade of comedies um, you know that there were good ones but it's not something 10 years people will go back and look at and say all these movies the top movies or top five movies were comedies <coughs> and stuff they were interesting ones we were kind of talking about cycling out of the Judd Apatow yeah I think Bridesmaid's probably the one that's going to come yeah. out of the last decade and but this one I thought was interesting in the sense that it is really good humor in it. But again, that transition that we've seen recently, which is there's not a lot of gag humor in it. There's not a lot of like, oh, you're only going to laugh at this thing one time humor. Right, right. Which I think makes it a film that I'm really interested in watching again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not something that relies on sight gags and just off-the-wall humor. It is real characters doing things that are funny um, because it's in character for them and other people reacting to them in funny ways and, and <coughs> funny situations and things like that. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting in the fact that I feel like this is interesting. I feel like this is a movie from maybe the first literally 10 seconds of the film establishes what it's going to be. Yeah. And but the, the nice thing is I feel like I was all in literally 10 seconds into it. I'm like, I think this can be really good. But I could see the nice thing is if if you think the first like 30 seconds of the movie is stupid – you probably just shouldn't watch it because the humor associated with it is not going to be for you. Yeah. I, I, it's funny to think about like comedy. I think high school is always going to be something that can be mined for comedy because pretty much everyone has done it. And those, the feelings that you have in the, in high school, no matter when you went seem to be pretty consistent mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I don't know. I feel the same way as watching this as I did watching The Breakfast Club or watching Can't Hardly Wait or watching mm. Superbad or watching those movies that really tie into like what awkwardness and, and and things that we put ourselves through when we're in high school because of we're worried about what everyone else thinks. And so like the archetypes in this are different because this movie, I said to Katie right when it was done, it, it for me, it, it really sort of... Um, they really captured a lot of the millennial archetypes, I think, mm-hmm. really well in a way that was, like, slightly stereotypical, but also they made them real, real characters that sort of um, did not seem to be opportunistic to, like, make fun of them. Yeah. One of the interesting things that people have complained about with the movie, and I don't really agree with the complaint about it, was, oh, you know, all these characters are so stereotypical. It's a movie kind of pushing the agenda because you have all these type of people who are, you know, girl power. It's like all these things that are of the time period and they're complaining like this character was playing this role. But to me, that's what high school films always yeah. have been. And it, and it's almost like, well, now you're complaining about it. They're like, oh, there's a the gay character and there's this and that. And they're saying girl power and all this. Look at Can't Hardly Wait. Look at Breakfast Club. They were 
reflective stereotypes of what those people are, which maybe right. people don't well, want to admit is that really is what people are now. And well, they're just reflecting that in the characters they had. And they're obviously because the comedy they're overplaying those. Right. But that's what we saw in all those other high school movies we've done. It's just the world's kind of a different place. So the stereotypes that they're reflecting are the type of high school students that are there now. Well, that's why what I think about The Breakfast Club is so good is that that's sort of the whole theme of the movie is like you're no matter who we are you're always going to see us as the geek the yeah the the jock the you know the dirtbag I forget what what they call him (laughs) oh yeah no I know yeah 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 and and so yeah I think I think you're right I think there's a if anyone has has a problem with those characters being played I think it's uh I don't know. I just think they're not really having fun. <laughs> well, maybe well, they're not I understanding. Don't, I don't find any of them to be completely stereotypes. I think that our like human nature is to categorize. And so yeah. what we do when we see a character is we compare it to another character, we compare it to another person, we say like, well that, you know, that's this grouping. But when you look at these characters as individuals, like yeah, you have two characters who are you know, either gay, transgender, you have a character that is very strong feminist, you have a character who's very strong, like, politically active. Like, yes, you do, but those, uh, to me, are representations of of the human existence, mm-hmm. right? Like, and so, yeah, they're, they're categories, yeah. but you're absolutely going to find that in high school in 2019 uh, because that's your population, right? Like, and you're not going to find that in the Breakfast Club, and you're not going to find that in Can't Hardly Wait because we hadn't gotten there yet as right. a society. Right. Oh yeah, not openly. Right. I think that's more. Yeah, it's, right. it's reflective of this time. And period. we should say this is a heightened exactly, reality, sure. not, which is fine. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's like yeah. they're not playing on stereotypes in necessarily a bad way. They're they're trying to take ideals of people that you can see and right. put them in a heightened way just like all the other good teen high school movies comedies. do especially yes yeah. comedies this in is an eighth grade which is like no. a much more realistic oh my god book, yeah. yeah or any you yeah. know or a documentary that's um but i think a lot of it comes down to i think in a really intriguing way I want to say I think the characters are similar to other characters we see in <laughs> high school movies in terms of the leads, but it is certainly special and more unique in the choices they make to make them more representative of what modern society is by having two female leads, by one of them being homosexual, by you know what I mean, but not almost not making that preachy. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the you know, Catherine or Caitlin Deaver, who I really love. I remember seeing her for the first time when she was on uh Justified in Justified's best season, which is the second season and she was it she just plays this character as, you know, kind of like Preston from Can't Hardly Wait. She's not quite sure about what she wants or love or what that relationship or any of that stuff's going to be. And it's yes, it, it's she's talking about being homosexual but it's not but it's never preachy like oh i have to say this i have to do this like it's just 
this is, I'm trying to figure out how I can be with somebody. I've never been with somebody like all those eighties comedies where yeah. it's a guy who's a virgin. He's like, by the end of the movie, I got to I don't want to be a virgin anymore. And they play on those old films in really interesting ways, but do it with new twists. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I agree with you. There were definitely parts of this film that felt to me like it was like a comfortable old friend. Right, like I felt like there were there were parts of the story, parts of the characters that felt reminiscent of other high school films that we love. You know, it, it felt like okay, this is this is the new, you know, favorite high school film, but everything's updated. You know, like everything, it's like different characters, different nuances on the like discovering ourselves storyline, discovering each other storyline. You know. I, I don't know how new and fresh we can get about covering well, the high school experience. Well, it's interesting when you think about it because they, these characters are, I, I feel like these characters are much more free to be themselves than some of the, in some ways, yeah. than the, the movies in the past. Like we have openly gay characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, whereas yeah. like in the 80s or 90s, oh, that never would much have been. more Yeah, there wouldn't have been allowed. Right. It wouldn't. Yeah, I, I think they actually caught having worked with high school kids. I think they caught that dynamic of it really well. Mm-hmm. Where in general, nobody was focusing on yes. the choices of right. like sexuality or all these things. Like well, th- their issues with people were more like you're kind of being fake. You like t- when they were saying yeah. to the you know in particular the characters. Um, a lot of the characters had problems with Molly because yeah. Molly was stuck up and she's like, we, we we don't dislike you for any other reason than the way you have treated us, that yeah. you haven't been willing to be open to us. And, you know, in the case of Amy, nobody cared that she was home. And I think yeah. in, in probably not all places in the country, in all areas, but a lot of high school kids now, and it's harder for older people to understand, the idea of sexuality to them is way less important than it was even right. 20 years ago. So and that they wouldn't do that, I, I think, is very reflective in a good way that the writers and Olivia yeah. Wilde, when she directed it, that that's not the issue. The whole thing that's setting up here is that they want authenticity. And like to them, right. Molly, not so much Amy, but Molly is not authentic. Right. She's not an authentic person that is open to them being what they are. Right. Which was really and, interesting, and it's interesting to me that 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 when you clear that away, the sexuality level, and everyone's sort of on a level playing field. There, there are a whole host of other reasons these kids don't feel like they can be themselves. Whatever they're interested in, whatever yeah. who they who they're interested in, not because of the sexuality, but because of whatever other reasons. And you know, um, yeah, it's just interesting to think that that high school dynamic will continue to live on in some form or fashion mm-hmm. no matter what how how much more progressive we can get maybe i don't know it'll be it, it's interesting to think about that i think that's a point in everyone's life where they can kind of feel really lonely um no matter what well and i i think that it also kind of uh it, it maybe presents the most hopeful of the high school scenarios in in that representation because i I don't think you find that everywhere. And I right. think even within the high school population, 
that freeness, that authenticity depends very much still on your social groupings, right? And so it didn't really get into like, what does that look like in the world of our like athletes? What does yeah. that, you know, like, you and were it's looking probably at, coastal. oh, 100%, right? It's regional. Yes. And so I think you got these little pockets of like, what if we had kids who didn't really care that each other were gay or what, you know, it, it it's just a little snapshot yeah. of. Yes, yeah. that and it's interesting. It made about it only cost six million to make, so this is not you know a high budget film. I mean, there are some other people in it. You know, a lot of it tied to the fact uh, you know Jason Sudeikis is in it, Lisa Kudrow, Will Forte, tying to the fact that Olivia Wilde had worked with all of them right. and things like that. So she got people in there, but it is interesting, and I wonder if maybe some of the lack of appeal versus a can't hardly wait or something like that is that it things that we on coat the coasts might deem to be non-issues or maybe issues elsewhere and maybe it didn't play in the way of can't hardly wait yeah or something along those lines where you had more traditional leads in these types of films well and i think we you know we have to talk about the fact that it's too it's too female leads who are mostly unknown and where super bad uh, had Jonah Hill and Michael Saint uh, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah been in Michael Sarah was already in rest of development right so there was already a little bit of a claim to fame for them like people kind of knew yeah. what and to Jonah expect and a few things and then you had right? Seth Rogen I mean there, yeah, that you was you knew that it was a Seth Rogen yeah. joint like yeah. it was his I mean thing. I have to be honest like thinking the same way about like Little Women versus Once Upon a Time in Hollywood like I would hold them up as like equally good yeah. movies, but I feel like in the Academy, like Once well, Upon a Time in Hollywood is more likely to win. The difference, well, there's a difference here is that this movie, Superbad's ten years old, mm -hmm. so it's it's hard to say that like, it. I I think it's it's not like they came out the same year and this one fell a little bit by the wayside compared to Superbad, right? Mm -hmm. That's a different thing. And I think mm -hmm. I even, this is hard though because it lives like. The first half hour of this, it lives really hard in the shadow of, of Superbad. Mm -hmm. The yes. relationship between the two mm -hmm. is very similar to mm -hmm. the relationship. The fact that Beanie, Fe what's her? Uh, Feldstein. Feldstein is Jonah Hill's sister mm -hmm. and has a lot of his vibe yep. in a different way, in like a smarter way. Like his character is a little stupid and yes. she is like. The opposite. She of is that. on point yeah. in pretty much everything she says. Um, to but like the way that they deliver lines to me is there's a similarity sometimes. I, I think that's tough for this movie to break through. Yeah, I think it does offer a lot of really funny moments, just maybe just as many as Super Bad, and is it tells a different story. Well, and I but I do I think that that's a notch a knock against it is that there are so many moments in this movie where you're thinking of other yes. high school movies, yes. right? There are so True. many moments that feel reminiscent of other movies. And so that makes it, you know, you can say like, oh, but the characters are updated, yeah. right? Like they're playing with these new identities. But at its core, it's still very similar to movies we've seen before. Yeah, yeah, right. And but let, so let's talk about the things that we did like that were sort of like little differentiators that we found found or interesting. Because I thought the the secondary characters and I'll let Katie mm. 
talk about her favorite character in a minute. But I will say my favorite character in the end ended up being Jared, who is uh, I forget who played him, Brian. It's um, Skylar Gisando. Yeah, he's, Skylar. In, uh, he's in the right righteous, righteous gemstones. Yep. Um, he plays this off the wall rich boy who. I felt he was like almost kind of a rich Seth Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's it, right? He's Seth Green. Yeah. Yes. And instead of being the per, the, you know, we, me and Katie talked about this. He's trying to basically flaunt his money and, but he's again not in a in like a condescending. No, I think he thought it was way, a like, genuine like a John way. Like he, I don't guys. think he realized that. He, do you know I mean that? I, he just wants friends. Yeah, he just wants, he just friends, wants friends. He has money. Yep, and he wants, to, and that's the know, thing that kids do. He's trying to give you out gift bags at his that graduation. Probably, if you grew up with that kind of wealth that, that right. his character has, at, right? at his graduation party, you're, you're getting gift bags that have iPads in them yeah. and stuff like that, and you know it's it's absurd. He has a, oh, I think it's like a Trans Am or something that's got like oh, a the neon car was flames. amazing. It's amazing. His acting job is hilarious because he plays this insanely insecure rich kid. With a flamboyant alf, like uh, dress and just like I, I can't even describe him really as a character, but the you know almost the whole time that he is like this insecure person. Like it's not he's very relatable, I think, in in certain ways. And like I think we've all met somebody like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that to me that is the realest moment in the movie when he sits down with with uh, Molly. Molly. And they have the conversation, and he basically just says, I don't think anybody in the school knows me, except... My favorite character, Gigi. Gigi. <laughs> Who's like um, Carrie a Fisher's Kate daughter. Hudson... Yeah. No way! Oh, is that really? It's Billy oh, Lord. my gosh. I didn't know that. That's Billy Lord. Um, you might have known her from amazing. her worthless uh, appearance in the... In uh, Rise of Skywalker. Rise oh, in the other funny. films. Yeah. Yes, yes. So she, to me, is like Kate Hudson in Almost Famous. Combined like with this... uh, the woman from... I kept saying this because the vibe. Um, get him to the Greek. Get, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the girlfriend, the and wife, like in some get him to the Greek. from <laughs> yes. American Pie. So and... she's this very sort of like ethereal character who also comes through as like uh, it's like Mr. Bean mm. in Love Actually. Who's the girl in American Pie? It's Allison Hannigan yes. as the band. Uh, no, 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 no. The other one who was in um, Orange Is the New Black. She plays like oh, almost Natasha like she's like Leon, the, mo- yeah. the motherly kind figure. of like figure yeah. of she gets a similar vibe to her in, okay. in American Pie. You just don't remember. So I love the, so they have you know the girls are looking for this party right like the the most of the movie is them trying to get to this party and this character Gigi who we meet as what's his face's friend what's his name Jared Jared's, Jared's friend. Um, she's like having him drive her on campus in his Trans Am. She's hanging out the window for this grand entrance. Like that's her entrance into the movie. She pops up randomly in every single scene before they get there. Like she, that somehow she, she gets to the party. And I just love this like touch of whimsy of like, it doesn't make any sense, but every time it's so freaking funny. And the thing she says, and I mean, there's just like, she to me is by far the funniest of the characters. And Molly's response to her almost every time is like, Gigi, what the fuck? Like, how <laughs> have you done what you're doing? <laughs> and there's no explanation. Oh, there's I no love explanation. it. I love yeah, it. It's great. She, every time she's on screen, I'm laughing. 
Yeah. Brian, did you have any? Yeah, I mean, I think my favorite is probably Amy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the actress. I think she's great. She was in, I didn't watch it, but Aileen watched it and loved it. It was, um, like, I'm not going to remember the name of it. I'll see if I can look it up quickly. But Netflix did a, a show, um, and it was all about this girl who had been raped and nobody believed her. Aileen absolutely believed, uh, Unbelievable, I think is the name of it. And it's on Netflix. And Aileen, if anybody's looking for something, Aileen really liked it. It was a great show that was well received. But I think she had that role that um, can be difficult in movies like this where you're almost playing kind of the, even though she's gay, the straight role in the sense that your comedy is not overt comedy. You're almost playing, you're getting your laughs playing off of other people's laughs. Yeah. Except you get that kind of, the one gaggy thing in that where she threw up Literally gagged yeah, yeah, and threw yeah. up, um, which is one which I like about this movie is is one of the only kind of physical humor in that way type right, thing that right. you. But that scene, I kept one of my problems is that scene. I kept thinking about Seth Green and Lauren Ambrose yes. in the bathroom. Wait, but now this being said, I I, I do have to say this because there was a lot of homage. I think it's almost impossible to write these films because clearly if you're writing these films or directing these films you're influenced by other films like if you watch any film everybody is always influenced by films like if you talk to like thriller directors like Fincher or Chris McQuarrie or Christopher Nolan they're talking about Hitchcock they're talking about you know all these people the the scope or the volume of films in high school movies are limited also the other thing is this we are rewatching a lot of these high school films in 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 the concept of this show. Yeah, many people our age are probably not. Yeah, and so uh, for a lot of people, for some, you know, for a high school person who would want to watch a high school movie, Booksmart is more relatable to them than watching Dan Hardly. That's yeah. true. Than also, watching even Superbad now, which we laugh and think of. But yeah. you're right; that's a decade older. Yeah, those characters are not really reflective for high school kids now. Can't hardly wait. Like, the themes are the same, but how those characters look and some of the stereotype... I mean, we can't even get on Breakfast Club. I mean, yeah, to them, totally that's like old people. That's their... Right. you know, That's my parents. I mean, they can watch it. They can enjoy it. They can get some of the themes of it, but they're not going to relate to it the way. So I think you... Yeah. I think high school movies are one of those ones where you can almost get away with doing right. some of the and, things that we see... Because you're changing the characters. And let's be fair. Ed, if you're, if one of the settings of your movie is a high school party, one of the very few places that people can end up alone together is the bathroom. That's true. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But that, I mean, so, but, but, so now if you're going to do that comparison, which is a very easy comparison to make, right? Like, that's the scene that we think about. I said to Jim, one of my problems in that scene is that we we do see Amy have her first kiss, right? Her first romantic encounter. Yes. And to me, it felt a little unfulfilling because it's with this girl who has, we've seen her be mean, right? Like we've had these clips from school of this girl just being a jerk. And then Amy comes into the bathroom and she is still being a jerk. And there's never any break in that besides that they start making out. And so if you compare it to the scene in Can't Hardly Wait with Seth Green and... 
the girl from Six Feet Under. Yes. They have this whole conversation, right? Where like they're talking about being childhood friends and like what has changed and why, like what Kenny's whole deal is with this persona. And so to me then you have the buy-in for there to be this shift in their relationship where now they're making out. Um, Amy feels like such a well-developed character to me that for her to just be like, well, F it. You're a bitch, but you're hot. Let's just do this. And then there's like, there's never, like, then the girl shows up at her house. There's never any. I I don't, I, I agree. Here's the thing. I think Can't Hardly Wait is a pretty amazing screenplay. Yeah. I agree. Like, I I really do. I think if you look at films, it's the writing on that film was pretty amazing. I think that relationship that you're talking about is somewhat similar to what we see in a lot of these high school movies, which is why when, so when you compare it to Can't Hardly Wait, there's a deficiency. But but you you have to, right? Like that's the scene that that it's paired next to, so then you've got to do it better. Like if you're going to do it again, you've got to... (laughs) No, I wouldn't disagree. I just think that that maybe was, I don't want to say less of an issue for me, but I, I think I accepted it more in the vein that there's been so many movies where the guy would do that with the girl yeah. who was like, and I feel like it would be less of an issue. So maybe that didn't bother me as much. It's certainly in comparison to Can't Hardly yeah. Wait. There it's are funny. some deficiencies just... in some of the, but here's the thing. I actually thought Amy as a character, because her in my mind, as much as people want to compare it to Superbad, I saw the parallels more to Can't Hardly Wait because yeah. I felt Amy was much closer to Preston from Can't Hardly Wait mm-hmm. than she was to Michael Sierra's character yeah. in Superbad. I thought yeah. that comparable was there. And I thought in a lot of ways her character was more fleshed out and better than Preston's character. I mm-hmm. thought there was more to her as a person. And that's no offense to Ethan Embry because I think that was the way they wrote that character. And I also think his character is being asked to do a little bit less and can't hardly yes. wait than she's being right. asked to do in this film. But I found that storyline, I found a lot of her storyline, other than the fact that, yeah, that was this random person they were going to compare to. I wonder if they thought that partly that was because the girl she was there to be with you know, would that trigger somebody to just go do something like that? Like, yeah, screw that, it. Right. I'm going to make out I think with her that's probably... in this because the girl then, I wanted but was But so then to me, there's like missed opportunity number two. That's fine. Random hookup. But then the girl comes back at the end, right? And so then you have this opportunity for the 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 conversation, the real conversation. I mean, I, to me, it wouldn't have taken much. It wouldn't have taken much lip service to just mm-hmm. be like, yeah. I am sorry that I have been shitty to you for four years. And whatever it was, I was jealous. I was scared. Well, she's I was scared about who that, that character some, was. Something. I, like, I just, like, I just felt like I needed something besides, like, we are attracted to each other. And so let's just forget about the fact that you were a jerk for four years. Well, I, the, you know the interesting thing about this, and this was a big, like, Outrage, And now having seen the movie, I can understand why they were outraged about it. And I also think it ties back to something we were talking about earlier. When this film was put on, I think it was airplanes, that whole bathroom scene was cut out. Hmm. Nothing else was cut out, language, anything. But they would not, the airplane version of it would not allow 
two women to be shown what? kissing. And Olivia what? Wilde didn't know about that because directors and sometimes producers don't have cut over those yeah. things when it's the airline edit. And I've heard about this before. Like Tarantino's gone on about this and like other directors. And they said, that's what you're cutting out? Like they didn't cut out any, but that's what they weren't allowing. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, it, I think that maybe is re- reflective to what we were talking about yeah. earlier. Whereas some of us might think, wow, this, you know, this is pretty reflective of what culture is. Well, that's it. So I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, it's not the whole country, right? Like, you know, in the news this week is a girl getting thrown out of school for having a rainbow cake for her birthday. Yeah. So, like, we, we know that that's not the whole country. And, that has to play so, a part in the reception of this movie, right? Like, Super Bad, Bad is going to have a bigger audience because it's considered more normative to yeah. the and country's history. You know even Super Bad, though, history. I think, shocked people. That was one of those ones that I think became a much bigger hit than people thought it was yeah. going mm-hmm. to be. Like, I think they knew it would make money. But I don't think they, they realized I mean, it they would. Were, he started writing that script when he was 13. Yeah, but I don't think they realized like, it. Was, I mean, I think when they started producing project, it, yeah. it probably was one of those things like, hey, this is short money. Yeah. Kind of like Booksmart. We'll make this. This is a $6 million movie. But it became something. And I don't remember what else was coming out at that time. If there was like a lull in, maybe there had been a lull in teen movies up at that point. I just remember seeing Emma Stone in that movie for the first, I think it was the first time I had seen her in anything. And being impressed by her in in terms of what they were doing with stuff like that, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, that was there. There was an issue. The party scene in itself well, was this, not okay. What, was not so my this was my other. This movie. was my other bone to pick with the movie, where I felt like in other high school movies there is you have these conversations where people break through. For example, the the conversation between. Uh, the characters in the bathroom in Can't Hardly Wait. We have a similar sort of thing with Ethan Embry and Jennifer Love Hewitt. There's a few of those moments, right, where it's like two characters finally like talking to each other. And so the end of this film, you have Molly giving her valedictorian speech saying to these people, like, I finally see you and I like you. But I... I didn't see, like, when I looked back through her experience, she spends most of the movie not with any of them. Most of the movie is her and Amy. Most of right, that night is her screen, and Amy. But off screen, she spent more time with Jared. With one person. Right. Right? Right. And then but, she spends time with another person who ends up kind of, like, dicking her over. And really, then there's one more conversation really. in we, a had, we had that. We had that conversation. Well... He did not take her over. In her mind, do you th- you right. do you think in her That's, mind she said like he was being genuine to me and like now I feel like I know him better. No, and probably I appreciate not. that experience. But, that, but after that, no, no. Right. That's the next morning. Yeah. Right. And so I, I felt like her speech wasn't earned. I felt like it wasn't earned that like she has these like new experiences with all of her classmates and has a better understanding and respect for them. I think that's fair. I, you know, part of me at times was looking at it and just enjoying it because I, I just feel like it is a smaller movie. I feel like movies like this aren't necessarily being made as frequently anymore. Um, not that high school movies aren't being made, but I, I thought it was thoughtful in a way. I was actually, I have to tell you, I was impressed with just the overall like quality of how yeah. this movie was. I thought, you know, for a first time director, 
Olivia Wilde did a really good job. It looked, yeah, it, I, there was nothing like amateurish about it. There are it. two sequences I wanted to talk about that are sort of like um, pretty much pure direction, I think, that to me were amazing. The first one is when Molly has the daydream of dancing with what's his name at the at the party. Oh yes, they do like the oh yeah the jazz hands mm-hmm. like they're they're doing like interpretive Her crush. dance. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's awesome. It, it just it, it's very funny, um, and then I think that's coupled in the movie with Amy jumping in the pool, and the sequence of her going through the pool and then realizing that the girl that she was interested in is now kissing a guy. I agreed with you for the first five to ten seconds of that scene and then it went went too long. long. It went too long. long. She does another lap. Well, there's two parts, right? The second lap, it goes too long. Well, I see. The first lap, I think she's looking for her and then she gets distracted at like looking at other girls in the in the pool. Sure. I think it's beautifully done. I just felt like it was like two beats too long. But Right, and so I wanted to talk about the next part, which is the part I really liked. The which, dolls. No, when she, when she sees the girl kissing the guy and realizes that she, her chances with her are pretty much over. Um, the sequence when she goes looking for Molly, mm-hmm. I think is really well done. Mm. I think oh, I think shot very well. I think uh, they yeah. conveyed the, the point feeling of, of her great. like being like heartbroken in that moment mm-hmm. really yeah really and not well. being able to find her friend like right. not being able to find her one person right. yes right. i agree um i did like i liked the the worlds of the parties and how different they were you know the the empty party world yeah. with like so many hors d'oeuvres and treats and surprises on the yacht. Yes. And then the murder mystery house with the parents. <laughs> oh, God, and we didn't even talk the drama parents, club. The, the drama parents club and the stuff daughter locked in the amazing. kitchen while he does the murder mystery. I told you, you got amazing. two more hours. Like, two more hours. Amazing. And I, so then they they trip, right? And they have oh the doll totally moment. That's what I thought that. you were going to talk about. The doll moment where they yeah. get when they turn into dolls, which is great. Which yeah. Jim asked at the time because the dolls get naked. They're looking at each other in the in the mirror. He's like, "Are they actually taking their clothes off?" Because that would have been freaking funny if they if were like, like seeing uh, themselves. If, like, as, the gay, yes. And then the, they showed up in the murder mystery yeah, with like no naked. clothes on. If the gay guy was like came came into <laughs> the room and was like, um, and they were just like grabbing themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. look at my beautiful. They didn't even glasses. need. They didn't even really need to show them. All yeah. they would have had to do is like have him open the door and be like. Put your clothes on and leave my house. And then just, like, tell me that wouldn't have been. What kind so of a party funny. do you think this is? Yeah. And um, then have them come down the stairs like, oh, like doing that. Missed walk. opportunity. Yeah, it's it's so a good. missed opportunity. So good. This, but I do want to say because I, I don't, I don't think we've been negative about this movie, but we talked no, about Katie has. But uh, this movie is so much fun. It's so much fun. It's like it's so much so fun to much watch. Fun. The characters Well, and so are I fun. guess that's uh, for me. It was like so close to being outstanding. Like I felt like the the missed opportunities were easy fixes. Like I I I thought that there was just a few pieces of dialogue that would have shifted this into a better. And, and place. you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but one of the things I will say with films like this is they don't get the benefit of the money to go back and do insert shots and re- I can't I there, my guess is there were probably no pickups in this film 
I mean, you're you are there. You're almost relying upon yourself. And this is why I was impressed by what Olivia Wilde did. Is at a six million dollar budget in Hollywood, that's pretty tight. And obviously, she got people like Sudeikis and Kudrow. I'm sure for scale or whatever to yeah, yeah. to be in the film. But you know. If you get like your Avengers or you get, I mean, any of those big budget movies, they're shooting it and then they're going back for two or three weeks. They're sitting in the edit suite and they're saying, oh man, you know what? Probably what we're talking about, we could build up this character a little bit more, this sequence right. a little bit more. And my guess is a studio is not giving her more money to do right. this. Yeah. Right. So they're 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 there saying, what is the best of what we have? Mm. And um, it's still damn good. I and think. it's I'm really just, I'm good. I'm just putting it but, out there. Like if anybody's making a movie out there for $6 million and you need some free editing, you know, you need some screenings where if for character development, I, I'm offering my services yeah. to you. I my critical eye, I, you've you've got it. You've got the me. The bummer. I told you guys, I got offer tickets from this from Showcase Cinemas. Maybe the, right. there, and I Maybe that would have been like a preview, no, and they would have they no. would have asked for your. It opinion. was already about to you start. Changed screening. everything. Let's talk about the music in this movie. Katie loved I it. She downloaded immediately. Downloaded. Yeah, the really good. Oh, did you? Okay. Loved it. I didn't, she didn't know, know one artist. I didn't know any of the songs, and I thought they were fabulous. Really well. The <laughs> editing is great. Like, there's some sequences uh, from an editing perspective that I thought had the potential. And this is the whole movie, actually, which is a credit to them. This movie was teetering on a cliff that at any point it could have gone over and this would have been bad mm. but they were always able to stay right on it like the um the sequence where at the party uh so the party's going on and the police finally raid the party as they always do in every movie. yeah and amy decides you know what i you know her and molly get this epic fight which was i thought another great editing choice and direction choice Dead, where they start to fade out. it yes. out and all so amy's like was molly said you never do anything all this type of stuff so she gets herself arrested and goes to jail and there's yeah. a whole bit about a serial killer and i, I don't want to spoil too much because i feel like this is one of the movies that we've done that maybe a lot of people haven't watched. Yeah, I feel sure. like we do a lot of mainstream movies that people have seen and maybe have not seen in a while. This is probably one a lot of people have not seen. It's on Hulu now, and it was cheap to buy right on iTunes. Super and, cheap. Yeah. Um, but there's a, a car sequence, which was really well. Mm-hmm. But it's all these things that are borderline cliches mm-hmm. that they just pull off. And I think they pull it off because of the authenticity of the movie. It's a pretty authentic movie. Mm-hmm. You can tell what the people are acting. I think the performances are authentic, are interesting. Uh, the soundtrack is great. And like there's small things where they play on beats on characters we know. For example, they have one girl they call AAA because she's apparently giving guys blowjobs in cars, you know, and she at one point drives up next to Molly, who's been calling her this the whole time, AAA. And, you know, Molly's walking. She's like, do you need a ride? And she's like, you know, basically, this is how I got this name. I was giving people rides. And she's like, and I did give some of them blowjobs. <laughs> but what I liked about it is but she's like, because I wanted to. Yeah. But it was like this idea that usually characters like that, I thought, is this going to be preachy in terms of like, oh, here's a girl that has mm-hmm. been labeled something and stuff. But she kind of did it, but she also took ownership. She's like, this is something I wanted to do. And I thought that was a small character that was really authentic and different and interesting in the way they portrayed it. 
And I enjoyed that. And I thought there were a lot of performances like that that were things we have kind of seen in films before, twisted just enough Mm -hmm. to make it really kind of cool. It's like I could have lost the whole... There's a whole thing with their teacher being like... Yeah, that was regrettable, regrettably not a student. That, to me... (laughs) Was again because people don't care. I think when you teach, you see that. That to me is just not believable yeah. at all. Like that's not. And and then the, the rationale when the teacher hooks up with someone is like, oh, we've been a throwaway line earlier in the movie that this kid is like. Yeah, so, so oh, you're twenty, right? Like the public service announcement. That's not okay. Yeah, no. If he's 20... It doesn't or, matter. That doesn't... By, th- by yeah. the way, in most states, that's now a law, so it doesn't matter. It didn't matter if the kid would be like yeah. 30. I think it? we could have lost that. I agree. It wasn't interesting yeah. to me. Now, on the flip side of that, the Sedakis yeah, character, the as the principal who was the Uber <laughs> driver, oh, my is... God. To supplement. <laughs> amazing. Is amazing. And, and his feelings about the overachieving <coughs> oh, yeah, student yeah. class yeah. president valedictorian so, which just, to me is just is absolutely so what absolutely on because like those kids think that this is the most important thing they will ever do in life let's take guys can we it's the last <laughs> He's like, I gotta I, go over the made, numbers. Hey, we made, gotta like, go hey, over the numbers. We made it through. I mean, is there? Oh, and then, oh, there's so nothing good. more true than letting Jared so go up for the valedictorian yeah. yeah. and, and like, start the speech. So the funniest part great. is that when when he says like, "Oh, Molly picked me to take her place because she thought she might be a little late," and he's like, "She picked you, did she?" Like, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, just just, just get up it. there," and. I'm expecting him to have prepared something. No. To say. And he just reads no, her. He starts reading her speech. He's like, hello, I am Molly. I almost wet myself. And then them coming in. Well, in the and it car. was perfect. Yeah. And so I like, was even questioning Even as cliche that. as that, that was, them in the car. Oh, oh and it was still fun, though. It was and fun. And uh, what I what I think Blind, did yeah. work with that because I thought the same. I'm like, oh, I, I kind of wish like he had a little bit where he was like the intro act. You get to see what her speech was going to be. Yes, you know, and so like that's a out. nice. He's like, I am but a that also you white male that could have happened in another yeah. way as well. But it was yeah. that was fun. Um, what, what do you think about the choice that we never meet Molly's family? That's interesting. Yeah, like you see that she lives in. An well, apartment. It's, is, do they have a credit for Kirst- is Kirstie Alley her mom? The voice. Know. There's like a voice. She's the movie starts with her listening to Oh, but that was like um a meditation thing. Yeah, that was like an empowerment. Okay. I could have sworn audio. it was Kirstie Alley. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think you might be right, but I don't think that's supposed to be her yeah, mom. I mean it could be. I but again, immediately calling to another <laughs> another teen movie we did. Oh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous, yeah. yeah. Anyway. I just thought that was funny. Um let's get to the heart of it why Jim really picked this movie. Masturbation with stuffed animals. Ah! Who comes up with that? <laughs> who, who, do you, who do you think's writing the script and says, the "I'm panda. just gonna, we're gonna talk"? And we actually have a, yeah, stuffed, a stuffed panda, panda. right next yep. to us that Katie brought yep, we're for gonna some take reason. A picture. I just touched it and I want to <laughs> wash my hands now. I don't know where that panda's been. Um, make it stop. Make, make, um, no, joking aside, there is a uniquely funny guy, and and that was like to me uniquely funny. Yeah, uh, if there's not many new sequences where you can make fun of masturbate, they came up with something in this, and we don't want to spoil it too much. It involves yeah. the stuff panda. It's really good. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fun. Well, again, there's a lots of scenes like that in movies in the past between two guys. 
in yes, two that's never like, really been tackled. That are trying yeah. to figure out like if I'm going to have sex for the first time, what, what do I do? What do I do? What, do I what do? is it going to be like? Yeah, and they and they don't. Yeah, again, to Brian's point earlier, they don't make it feel like it shouldn't be happening. Right. They don't make it feel like neither of them is ashamed to be having the conversation with their best friend. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's good. Yeah, I think it. I, I, again, I thought in in general, um, I shouldn't even say in general. I I would watch this again. Yeah, watch like, this movie. It was yeah. watch it was this movie. It's so much really fun. fun. It's a fun movie to watch with somebody else. It's yeah. fun movie to watch by yourself. And I think it's, fun it's movie one, to watch with a panda bear. Yeah, I I think it's <laughs> going to continue to grow as it gets on streaming the, sites. The most unbelievable people. thing about this movie is the schools that all these kids are going to. Uh, I was going to say yes, the same thing. Yes, that like, was it. That, that's the thing that doesn't true. exist. But again, it's a, that's yeah, the part that's high. Oh, I'm going to Stanford. It's, it's I'm going, that's, that must be one I'm going to go work school. at Google. Yeah, yeah that must uh, be one yeah. yeah. Both of us are going to Yale. Pretty good yeah. bennies. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. It is now time for Game of the Week. We don't have any of the, the sounds. We will, though. We will. Oh, nice. We are going to edit oh, I'll put those in. the oh, sounds. Oh, you're so good. Yeah. yeah, we'll edit in the sounds. So here we go. Game of the week. All right. This week's game of the week is a tough one. Per usual, I've made the game as tough as humanly oh, Brian. possible. This, we're, this week, we're playing Keep to Cut to. Oh. Okay? Keep to Cut to. Uh, from the list of Com Majors approved high school films, you have to keep two of these on the list and cut two of these lists. Here are your four choices. Can't Hardly Wait, uh-huh. Varsity Blues, uh-huh. Drop Dead Gorgeous, Book Smart. Uh-huh. You can only I'm keep two and you have to cut two. All right, Jim, what do you have for keep two? I'm cut keeping two? Can't Hardly Wait. Okay. And I'm keeping Book Smart. Okay. Excellent. I, I think I am as well going to follow Jim. I think Book Smart has. Left in front of Var- see. Here's the interesting. I don't thing want about- your list. Yeah, the- I don't <laughs> like your list. Uh, here's the thing about the varsity- only time you had an accent yes. that entire. Well, well, I tried. I've been. I was gonna do the whole episode in a Rick Dalton accent. I practiced all week. Rick Dalton. <laughs> Uh, but the, I decided, uh, how many whiskey sours? The girl how many, Amy, how many, damn hippies. The girl Amy hooks up with is wearing a Rick, a Rick Dalton jacket. I want a Rick Dalton turtleneck. No. I was gonna bring the turtleneck no. back. No. I want the I want the turtleneck. I want the whole look. Uh, yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. Interesting. I was thinking about this. I I just feel like, and I enjoy rewatching Varsity Blues. I, I'm not sure I would enjoy it if I had never seen it when I was. Of that age to watch that movie, whereas I feel like watching yeah. Booksmart, having never seen it before, I was genuinely interested in that. So I give Booksmart more points for the fact as a forty-year-old I watched it and enjoyed it, whereas I think a lot of Varsity Blues I enjoyed because of my connection. It's still yeah. fun and good, but I still think. And I think the reason I, the reason I fall on that side is that I think Varsity Blues deals with like outside issues instead of like personal anxiety self-esteem issues like can't hardly wait and book smart whereas mm-hmm. like varsity blues is about there's an enemy in this coach who's like an awful human being yeah, true Agreed. and this whole system yeah. that's put up around it and that becomes less interesting i think over time i think it becomes like something that we we all know that's bad and it's like 
it sucks that those kids went through that. And but it's yeah, it's different. It's I would not, agree. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I it's agree. not. It's not as universal. I don't think. All right, Katie. We've yeah. given you so much time. No, I know, I know. Well, and I feel dumb just saying the same thing. Um, but I, you know, drop. I love Drop Dead Gorgeous, and I would watch Alice and Janney every single day. But I think, in terms of like my rewatch on the movies, I said to Jim, I want to, I want to watch Booksmart again, despite my criticism. I really did, en- I enjoyed the movie a lot. I actually thought, and I fair, loved, your criticism on that one sequence, I think, was fair. Yeah, it just needed a little, just a little tweak. Uh, and I love Can't Hardly Wait. I, I would watch that over and over again. Also, Drop Dead Gorgeous, but we'll, we'll put Drop yeah, Dead Gorgeous tough. third. It, we'll yeah. give it, we'll give it the third position. Okay. All right. Outstanding. Uh, That's Game of the Week. All right. Now it is time for five questions. You want answers? Boom. (laughs) Why, Jim? Why? What the fuck is the internet? Why'd I drink eight whiskey sours? Why didn't I have four whiskey sours? (laughs) There's my red. We got to cut Rick Dalton into that. All right. This week on five questions... Jim is answering. Remember, uh, uh, this this year on Commagers, if you pick the movie, you get stuck with five questions. I, I, and just a heads up, I have not previewed these, so hopefully... Oh, this would be uh, great, because you're very, Jim's very good on spon- oh spontaneous gosh, questions. So bad. I just want to say, this is probably... I, knowing that you were going to be here, I put like questions that are not overly uh, difficult. Oh, that's great. Right. Uh, so Olivia Wilde uh, was in the OC mm-hmm. when we first got in our... Thumbs up or thumbs down the OC? I don't. I don't. I think I may have saw one episode, so it's hard for me. Dude, to that say. is a lie. We used to watch that no, show. I never watched it. I don't think that's true. I, we're gonna start. True. We're gonna start pulling people. We can, all I know is it Aaron had that Powers. dude from Gotham, and it had um, Adam. It was definitely never watched it. Elk, but I, I, oh, I, I never know. watched. Maybe it. am I confusing I that with One Tree Hill? Maybe. I don't yes. think I is that I, well, what it is? Yeah, I don't think I ever watched that no. either. I like okay. the I like the theme song. So, good, I, th- say, I swear that you watched that show. I'll though. say thumbs down. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Uh, question two: Would you rather watch Saturday Night Live? Film this film featured numerous Saturday Night Live cast members or Friends? Saturday Night Live. Okay. Are you Friends fans? I'm not a Friends hater, but I'm not a Friends lover either. I'm just kind of. Eh, I haven't exists. watched an episode of Friends since it went off the air, yeah. and I have Neither no have interest watching it. Yeah. Do you know who's watching it now? High school kids. Hmm. What is it on? It's on Netflix, right? I don't know. Lots of kids are watching it and they find it interesting. I have no interest in rewatching that show. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why. Uh, okay, here we go. Our fill in the blank question. Uh, one of the key sequences in this film we didn't talk about was a little karaoke oh, going on. Uh, Jim, if you were going to sing karaoke, what song would you pick? Oh, man. Well, actually, first of all, yeah, the Jim doesn't really need to sing karaoke because he plays his I, own instrument, has his own records, and this is probably a better question for Katie and I. Part of the say? reason I dislike karaoke is it's it's not easy uh, to, like, yeah, sometimes those songs that they have and the versions are weird. I will say I won a karaoke contest one time in high, in college, and it was. Oh, I remember that. And do you remember what I sang? Um... Uh, it was very timely. So, it was uh, one week by the Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, uh, yes. Um, I don't know if I could pull that off. Anymore? Uh, I don't know you if don't I would want could? to. Okay. But that might be one. All right. There we go. Uh, all right. Favorite question of the week. Who are your favorite sibling actors? 
That would probably be my brother, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> He's in some low-budget uh, home video oh, is footage. He? Him and Andrew Smith. Oh, okay. Delightful. No. Do you uh, have anybody? Any siblings that are... Uh, sibling actors. Actors who are siblings, I should say. Do they Sorry, both need freeze. to be alive? No. No. Because no. um, then it has to go to River and, and Joaquin Phoenix. Not the Cusacks. Not Joan uh, and John Cusack. I love the Cusacks, but... Okay, that's River fine. River and Joaquin are in some of my favorite movies. What are your favorite River and Joaquin? So River Phoenix is in Stand By Me yeah, and I'm plays sorry. an amazing role in that movie. He's a great actor. He's also in Last Crusade. Yes. He plays the, the young best Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. He's in a small film called The Explorers with Ethan oh, Hawke. Which is on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And Watch it's it. It's out there. Sponsor us, um, Disney+. Plus. He's in a yeah. And what else is he in? He's in a few. Uh, oh, my own private oh, Idaho, my, yeah. which is a Robert really Daniel, heavy. Is that, no, no, uh, that's Keanu Reeves. That's it's a Gus Van Sant. Yeah. Though you're thinking of um, boy, uh, a boy's life. Something yeah, like but that. that's with DiCaprio. DiCaprio, believe it or not. They, yeah, they, they looked yeah. a lot like when they were younger. And um, Joaquin Phoenix, Gladiator. Uh, oh, you're a Gladiator fan. I don't dislike Gladiator. Um, well, I don't dislike it either. He's in Space also, Camp. Oh, Space Camp is so he's, good. He's Max in Space Camp. So camps. Space camps. Um, what else is he's been in a lot of stuff that I like. I think. Signs. Oh, I, lo- I like Signs a lot. Yeah, Signs is a real. Signs is a real. Some people hates it. He's Joker. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie yet. Joker, yeah. going to love it. Yeah. Joker, really? I mean, I'm like, you know how I feel about it. I don't like the idea of watching the movie, but I feel like I'm going to love the movie. <laughs> That's why you need to watch Midsummer. Gemini's yeah. new kick. Listen yeah. to our pop out. If you episode. haven't watched Midsummer, watch Midsummer. Oh. I don't like the idea of watching how somebody ends up being a horrible person, right? Yeah. Like, because that involves watching somebody go through horrendous things. Yes. I don't. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Okay, that may, well, that makes sense. All right. Finally, our deep thoughts question of the week: Is it better to be book smart or street smart? Street smart. Yeah, street smart. Every it's, time, I can get book smart. Yep. That's, it takes it takes deep. it takes less it takes less to become book smart than street smart. That's <laughs> true. Some of the smartest people I knew. I don't know. It, it Scranton did. <laughs> were some of the most gullible things, like mm-hmm. believing dinosaurs had come back to life. Mm-hmm. Which Stop. Is, which is a whole other story. Uh, okay, that's it. Uh, remember. Uh, like, share, subscribe, all those wonderful things that we never tell you to do. Uh, also, just a reminder that we were on Pop Addled with Jim and Keenan. Uh, check that episode out if you don't listen to them. Next week, Katie has chosen our film. Katie, what do you have for us next week? Believe it or not, we have not yet done a Spike Lee movie. So next week, we are watching Do the Right Thing. I'm very excited. I've actually never seen it. Okay. It's excellent. I already have it. It's sitting over a mere foot away from us. It is on the AFI Top 100 list of all time. Yeah, it is. It Mm -hmm. absolutely is. So that will be exciting. Um, And I guess that is is all. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone. Watch Booksmart. Go watch it. Bye. Goodbye from Easton, Massachusetts. (laughs)